1: Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, Ed Begley Jr. coaches Paula on her audition skills in another episode of Outside the Actor's Studio. You've seen Ed on all those great Christopher Guest movies. You loved him in Pineapple Express, and this past year he was Rudy on Bless This Mess. With the help of this brilliant actor, can Paula finally nail her audition? No. Plus, how did Paula's ping pong party go? Was table tennis etiquette honored? We'll hear how the ball bounced for her guests. Tips on acting, etiquette, and how to avoid death by cheese poisoning. You can only find it here. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's cheese consumption limited to what's on the conversational platter. And now, please welcome the woman you can always find raiding the topical refrigerator in the back kitchen of her mind, Paula Poundstone! (laughs) Welcome, Paula.
0: So nice to be here. It's good to have you. And it's also you good know to what? have. I have to tell you one thing before, uh, before we Before I even introduce
1: the house band.
0: Oh, no, no. Introduce the house band. Because I was band. about My to mistake. say thank
1: you to our house band, singer, songwriter, and violinist, Ada Pasternak.
0: So nice. So thank nice. you so just much. Lovely start, Ada. And that, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. We don't even know what's going so, to happen to here. So now me? interrupt me again. Okay, so let me interrupt you again. I, there's something. Uh, okay. So, you know about my left nipple?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, for, for our listeners, um, your cat accidentally, we think, pierced yeah. your left nipple yeah. about a month and a half ago. My
0: cat Clue, right? About yeah. It, uh, yeah. Uh, I picked her up uh, and uh, she, uh, her, you know, I clipped my cat's front claws, but I can't right. do the hind claws. Right. And so one of her hind claws went through my left nipple is very Pierce said your nipple it, is it was the very painful might, right. took Took quite a while to heal.
1: A kind of an unusual amount of time. Is it healed yet?
0: I I think so, just in time for my cat Brittle to jump up into my uh, uh, lap last night and and then dig her hind claw into my right nipple. You're kidding. And me. you know what I can't figure out? That's a, and, and and like you've owned cats for like 40 years. Exactly. Never has that happened but and I've had nipples Yes. Uh, for even longer than that. Have they been that. unusually prominent? No. there's no? A, it, You You know, it's been very hot, and, right, so and nipples don't protrude in the heat the way they do My in
1: the, understanding of them is exactly that, yeah. So,
0: I, no, I can't figure out if they've been watching, like, YouTube videos, or oh, why would yeah. this all of a sudden be happening? But I can tell you right now, got a Band-Aid over my right nipple. Do you really? Yeah. Was yeah. it
1: as bad or worse than left Lesnar? It was very
0: one? painful. Was it similar? And then, of course, and then of course, it's abrasive when anything rubs on it. And and although I do have available um, a remarkably soft tripoly blend T shirt, which doesn't exist, which does, it's uh, remarkably the, 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 soft. T shirt does, and that would not. It. Uh, upset my nipple. It, it, the particular t-shirt that I referred to is a Paula Poundstone t-shirt with a yes. self-portrait and on the, the left, left breast, breast and, and, and a, a memorable, memorable quote on the back. back. But, but, um... <laughs> really? I hadn't yeah, heard. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That wouldn't create an abrasive problem, but oh, boy.
1: Wow. Whew. So, I, I'm going to return to my question. Go ahead. Was it worse than a left nipple injury? Comparable? Or I think not it was comparable. A, comparable. I think they were
0: using... I think they watched a similar video. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyways, I just thought it was important to get that... Okay out in the open. Doubtless important. In case you saw me gently cupping my right nipple tonight, you would know why. I'd still prefer that you don't.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just,
1: just straight out. Well, um uh, speaking of hotel soap though, you had a ping pong party this weekend and I hope that your injury didn't interfere with your performance no, on No,
0: that was the ping pong party was prior to the to piercing. ping pong party was prior
1: to the nipple
0: <laughs> piercing, right? <laughs> To my painful piercing. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it went great. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Anthony make Alfaro it. came. Anthony and, Alfaro, sure. uh, it, He brought an emu. An emu. Yeah, which... was That's sort of the
1: hairy bird from Africa, right? Yeah. or yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's not good at a ping pong party. It kept pecking at the balls yeah. and kind of... Yeah, well, you didn't ask him to bring
1: an animal. with No, him.
0: Okay. it's weird that he does that. But
1: you also had some other luminaries from our podcast there. You had uh, Jay Deal was there, right?
0: Jay Deal was there, who right. helped me with my rap who song. Produced
1: your rap song that we premiered just last week.
0: Now, last week we had on uh, Elaine Swan to uh the help. etiquette expert exactly, and uh, to help me, uh, uh, you know, with manners that would be required. Uh, yes, and for I made a, a quick list of party. those because
1: she gave you some good advice. I want to see how much of this you followed.
0: Yeah. Did you get
1: the party set up in time, or did you, as per usual, not get it set up in time and draft your first arriving guest into helping you set up?
0: No, we were we were ahead of the game this time. Really? Yeah, we were all set up when people came. Wow. It was a fabulous bill of fare of uh, candy and chips, as you can imagine. I can imagine. Very much have, like it's like in the center of the, our table here. The
1: cornucopia here. Of, of crap that we have here on yeah. the, the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, that sounds and great. I had a fruit
0: plate that I had I, I'd cut. I, it was everything was so you lovely. Ready. Everything so, was So, so it had yeah. some
1: uh, influence on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you remember people's names?
0: I, you know, the irony is that when Elaine was he, both times Elaine was here, our manners expert, she yeah. brought with her a guy named.
1: Uh, uh ran wasn't D-ran, it? Dran,
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, he came. And oh, you have, he came to the party? Yeah. I could not remember his name for the life of me. Well, until a, a second ago,
1: you couldn't remember Elaine's name either. Yeah. I reminded you of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good it's, thing she
1: didn't show up at the well, party.
0: Well, what Elaine told me last week was, you know, just be upfront about the fact that I can't r- remember. Just yeah. say, oh, you know, going get a little overwhelmed with a, a party. Now, I want to say, I know he's not
1: formally here until the next segment, but Ed Begley Jr. has just walked into the studio. He
0: did. Hey, yeah. Ed.
1: Now, we're recording, Ed.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
1: Welcome. Welcome, Ed. Um, yeah, have a seat. Um, uh, but don't talk, Ed, because the illusion that we're having here is that you're not here yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't. You're you're not introduced for a little bit, so yeah, you Yeah, but just we will wait. get to
1: you. Okay, so, Paulie, you had this ping pong party. I yeah, want to ask you, great. there were a lot of famous and great people there. We had D-Ran, obviously. We had... Um, we had Jay Deal. Did Ed Begley Jr. show up?
0: Ed Begley Jr. did show up he was at the, the ping pong I would party. love to
1: ask him about that when he shows up later.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think he had a, a fabulous time. He played ping pong all night long. I'm so good at ping pong. There was
3: no stopping him. <laughs> that, my hand-eye coordination is not to be believed.
0: It, you know, now we're just going to have to reveal to the crowd that Ed Begley is here. Ed Begley is here. This doesn't to the happen. I the crowd. I'm I'm
3: sorry, I came I early. It's I my say, fault for coming you, early. Was, uh, no, no, there no, wasn't I
0: enough he, traffic on Miranda Street. Now, um,
1: did your guests go home on time? And did you have to employ techniques to get them to leave? I know that no, you know Elaine had all I this did? advice, but you you said that you prefer that the guests stay forever.
0: I love uh, I love the party. I I like people staying late. I like late late night ping pong. Well, I, I did have one friend who kept saying, uh, you know, because I set up this. Uh, Ping-pong tournament, it's yeah. very hard to do. It's very stressful. Yeah. And I did have one friend who kept saying, like, did you put me in yet? Did you put me in yet? Am I playing yet? And I finally turned and said, you know, I had a manners expert on my podcast, and she said, you're rude. <laughs> That's how I handled that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Because Elaine Swan did not say that about this guest.
0: This guest doesn't know that.
1: Okay. As long as she doesn't uh, yeah. listen to your
0: podcast. No, she won't. All right, well, Trust speaking, me, she won't. Well, I'm glad it went well. I'm sorry if I couldn't be there. she does listen, I just wanted to know that wasn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry
1: I couldn't uh, be there at your, at your party, Paula. I had a previous engagement and that ran long.
0: Yeah. You so, didn't call and say that. You didn't call and say we're not coming.
1: Uh, my wife did. She called and said we might not come. No. And you she... talked to her. No. Yes. <laughs> In fact, you told me so.
0: No. You know, Elaine said yes. for me to tell you and your wife. <laughs> You're making this <laughs> shit up, <laughs> Elaine said, it's too bad, Adam, because this was the time you were going to win. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I won once. Did I was you? teamed oh, up with Wendell, it. your
1: assistant. and, uh, oh, and he, you guys won? He, he can play, and we won yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won the yeah. tournament. Now, speaking of etiquette, you had an encounter with Avis Car Rental.
0: I did. And you know what? In order to explain to you the encounter I had with Avis Car Rental, I will simply read you the letter of complaint that I sent to Avis Car Rental, and that should explain everything. Oh, you sent a letter? I did. So we're going to hear um, one of now your... Now, this letter that you see before me that I'm about to read from is typed.
1: It's long.
0: But I copied it in handwriting to send to Avis because they thought it was important that they receive a handwritten letter. Uh, Dear Avis, I am an Avis preferred member. Several weeks ago, my travel agent reserved a vehicle for me at the Avis at Logan Airport in Boston. When I arrived at the rental office, I was given a Toyota Tacoma. The Avis clerk didn't talk to me about the gas, but I've never understood the explanation they give about buying the tank ahead of time or bringing it back full anyway. I did not make note of how much gas was in the tank when I got in the truck. I drove from the Avis rental to two different locations in Easton, Massachusetts, and back to the Avis rental place. there's a
1: high level of detail. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the banana in your bag yet.
0: <laughs> As. <laughs> Unfortunately, as I drove back to Boston I had to swerve for a banana uh, As I drove back to Boston Very late at night I accidentally looked at the temperature gauge Instead of the fuel gauge I only realized I was looking at the wrong gauge When a light went on that said Refuel now I was panicked because I was past the stations Just off the highway There were detours near the airport And i get lost really easily
1: I feel like this is a higher level of gripping narrative Than Avis employees generally get in a letter sent to them <laughs>
0: I'm sure this is up on the wall there. I didn't even see the Shell station, and I was really just relieved to make it to the Avis parking lot without running out of gas. When I got there, Uh. the attendant said that if Avis filled the tank, it would be expensive. He didn't say how expensive. And it was late, and I was flying out early. I opted to have Avis fill the tank. Oh, Uh -oh. Paula! According, according... to your paperwork, I drove 192 miles. I read online that that truck has a 21.5-gallon capacity gas tank and that the four-wheel-drive versions get 19 to 22 miles per gallon. Even if it was all city driving, 19 miles per gallon, that would mean I would expect to use about 10 gallons about 10 of gallons fuel. 10 gallons of gas, yes. So— If I only used 10 gallons, how was the tank empty when I returned it? And even if the tank was empty, you charged $10 per gallon to refill it. If I truly only used 10 gallons, you charged me $20 per gallon. I would like my gas money back. If not, I can no longer afford Avis to be my rental company of choice. That is an unacceptable charge. Remember when your advertising slogan was, we try harder? I guess you've given that up. Oh, you threw their own words at them. I'm happy to come up with some new slogans for you if you want.
1: Did you suggest a few?
0: I didn't. I just left a little dot, dot, dot. Wow! Uh, and they never called me back. They never wrote me back. But wow, when I, this sounds when I familiar. got my ex- American Express bill, the charge was taken off. The whole charge. I can't remember if it was a whole charge or just part. They might have given you that tank of gas. I think they, I think they did give me the tank. of gas. I think they owed me. Well, the I tank think they, of to gas. an
1: extent, I think they did. I mean, I, I don't question your math.
0: I clearly but, didn't spend the. I didn't use that whole tank of gas by myself. Then
1: why was the refuel now light like coming on?
0: It wasn't full when I got in.
3: You didn't check?
0: I said that. If you'll, s- oh, yeah, paragraph yeah. two, yeah, I got section lost three. in the narrative. That's a common in the-
3: practice, though. But- just for FYI, they regularly send it out, and they make note of what it is normally. They say, oh, see? It's only half full. It's only three quarters. They're supposed to make note to you when you take it. Yeah. The state that it's in. Yeah.
1: Thank they you, didn't.
3: kind stranger.
0: We are going to introduce you soon.
3: Um, who uh,
0: is now- that man at that microphone? <laughs> now, who now- is that meddling kid? Just
1: so we can finally get to these meddling kids. It's um- Fred from from Scooby. <laughs> Do. That's Can you just who it is. Give me the surprise ending to the story.
0: Uh, oh, oh, no, the surprise ending was that they returned my money. Oh, that's right. They returned your money. Is that not a surprise? No, it wasn't surprise. Don't you feel in an altercation like this? That's a surprise. Not only is it a surprise, but like, couldn't they have just sent me, fuck you, go to national. Well, couldn't that's they Well, that? that's
1: why I bring this up, because yeah. like you wrote a similarly brilliant letter to frontier communications. Let's contrast, which Avis's was an a- a-
0: essay contest right. for a- frontier communications. And uh, uh, the they, um, stranger, Ed, I'm sure you participated in this as well. Uh, the Frontier fr-
1: Communications Put Down Your Smartphone Contest. No, I don't know it what, you, what you what It was an contest. Speak. What you could win is the right to not use your smartphone for a week. You get a 90s survival bag as well as a $1,000 and a flip phone. So you're using a flip phone, you're listening to 90s CDs, and uh, you're not looking at your smartphone all week. Right. Paula entered this contest with a brilliant brilliant essay. A winning essay. Right, a winning essay, Let's as far just as say, concerned. an
0: essay that won. There, um, it's been said. And they have communicated to us
1: repeatedly, with repeatedly lower employees down the chain, yeah. <laughs> that um, now you're not the winner, you're in fact an honorary winner, to which we have to say, yeah. where's the fucking money, uh, yeah. Frontier an, Communications? Uh, yeah, an
0: honorary winner. Imagine the last uh, email we received from them came from just a guy named Bub who sweeps up at night. Right. Uh, and, and Bub
1: bu- said he was transcribing for his canary.
0: Yeah. Bub uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bub said soon I should get a bag with a t-shirt in it. I think that's what he said. Yeah. And I wrote back to Bub and I said, "Well, I hope my $1000 is wrapped in the shirt, Bub." <laughs> I don't know. We've been hammering Frontier
1: Communications relentlessly and they have not been uh they have not been responding. No. I'm guessing because they don't have internet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it's very possible that they're not, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. And stranger in the chair, the most frustrating thing about this is that just, what was it, two weeks ago, we had Dame Maggie Smith. Oh my God. Uh, uh, In
3: this chair in which I sit. No,
0: she didn't. She was going to do the segment that you're about to do. She was going to do do. the segment. Uh, She was in her car. Um, she you know, she wouldn't take pay for doing it the way we're paying you, but what she, <laughs> but what she asked for is that I donate $1,000 to her favorite charity. I said, absolutely, because I knew I was getting this $1,000 from Frontier Communications. Sure. When the money didn't change hands, she just sat in her car. Wow. Uh, she may still be out there, for all I know. So if when you on guys go on street, don't...
1: I wouldn't give her great odds of still being out there. <laughs> <laughs> she,
0: she may be a drug addict by now. I got to say
1: though, um, just off Miranda Street, on the next street over, nowadays, um, over these summer months, there has been a fantastic taco truck setting up out there. There's
3: one out there right now. It looks great,
1: and, yeah. and uh, the Lezebniks have dined there repeatedly and really enjoy it. That's why only one Lezebnik made it here to the studio. That's tonight. why Ben Lezebnik is not here tonight <laughs> yeah, because
0: right. uh, the tomaine poisoning uh, yeah. is not an easy thing to recover from. It sure it looks tasty um, though. Yeah. You know, uh what Roger Federer has a uh shop just up on the corner. Did you see? It's not Roger Federer. The it name is. isn't even Federer. Yes it is. No, it's, it, it, it's it's Roger like, Federer. It's like
3: Federer. Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> it's Roger Federer, Mr. Federer. Oh, <laughs> Isn't
3: Roger Federer, a the, tennis player. Is yeah. that, that's he's
0: what a that's the correct stranger. It's a he's a tennis player, very, a very successful tennis player. This is
1: who I was trying to bring up before. This is Mrs. Did she Culpepper lose her sock puppet. This is, uh, that, she didn't lose her sock puppet. Stranger. Mrs. Culpepper is apparently the world's first sockless sock puppet. Uh, my name is Mrs. Culpepper,
0: Mr. Stranger. Uh, and now we had uh, Mrs.
1: Culpepper introduced a couple of weeks ago when the word of the week was triotoxin, which used- Which
0: sadly, Captain Culpepper died of triotoxin. He passed on from triotoxin, uh, which Trial is, is the poisoning. I will explain, which is the Sorry, poisoning by cheese or other milk products. Uh, Bunny Birds, would you shut up? <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, uh, my manners
1: expert says you are rude. She's talking back there. We were trying she to was. record a podcast,
0: and she's talking she to Captain Crinkle, uh, who <laughs> served with Captain Culpepper. <laughs> Captain Crinkle is a is a favorite of mine, and I will not have her talked to in that manner, I, I Mr. Apolo- Adam I, Felber. I do apologize. Do you enjoy Mrs. my Culpe- dress tonight? I'm wearing a taffeta dress of a honeysuckle hue. It looks like it's it looks like the Emperor's
1: new dress. To be honest with you,
0: it is not the Emperor's new dress. Captain Culpepper bought it for me before, before, before try- his tragic passing of trial oh, toxism. What kind of cheese? It was the Gouda that got him.
1: I'm glad we got to your catchphrase, Mrs. Culpepper. It was the Gouda
0: that got him. Now, Paula I, I just or want to Mrs. say that Frontier Communications has behaved in a scurrilous manner.
1: Scurrilous indeed, Mrs. Culpepper. A
0: scurrilous manner towards Miss Poundstone. Yes. Now, Paula, if you're in
1: there, or Miss uh, Culpepper, if yeah. you'd rather do it, is there a word of the week this week?
0: We have a word of the week. Oh. Thank you for asking. What is happening to uh, this show? I don't. Know where the word My fault
1: for coming in. Early no, it's late. not you, Ed. It's it's us. The it's... word
0: is uh, cousin. No, excuse me, cousin. 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 C O Z E N? Uh, C O Z E N. Uh, my I mistake is gone forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and And. Tell me what cousin means. It
0: means to cheat, dupe, or deceive in a way that Frontier Communications has engaged in.
3: It's a they, great crossword and Scrabble word, It is indeed. Word.
0: Do you use that? In, do Get you that do triple that.
3: letter with that Z. You yeah. do that
0: to keep your brain sharp. Yes, stranger. I do.
3: It's not working that well.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> quite sharp, I can tell. Yeah. He's quite sharp.
1: Oh, my God, what a menagerie we came up with tonight. All right. <laughs> Mrs. Culpepper, thanks for dropping by. Uh, Coming up...
0: Thank you for having me. Are you going to introduce our guest?
1: In just a moment, I'm going to segue into a little bit of music and then introduce our guest. Oh. (laughs) Coming up, (laughs) Stellar Adler said about acting, quote, You have chosen a field where you're going to be hurt to the blood, but to retreat from the pain is death. Wow, that's cheery, Stella. <laughs> will Paula retreat from her audition, or will I be sitting here splattered in the blood of my friend? And an update on Paula's rap song—is it a chartbuster? Answers to all these pressing questions when <laughs> we—wait, answers to all these pressing questions. Are you all right? I'm fine. It's just <laughs> there are three W's in a row here. Answers to all these pressing questions when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs>
0: Adam, you know, I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really gravelly voice. So he'll it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. OK, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love. That's what I say. <laughs> what is not to love. because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit
1: ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that aSPCA. slash Paula. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me.
0: Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut
1: out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter.
0: You know what I love? What do you love, Paula? My cats. I love your cats, too. I love Luigi's blue eyes. He's like a really fat Paul Newman that's a cat.
1: Okay. <laughs> Let's see where you're going with this.
0: It's harder to love cleaning up Luigi's litter box, which is why Arm Hammer created new cloud-control litter. Ah, here we are. No cloud of nasties here. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. And I
1: want to add, for those of you out there who don't, like Paula, have 47 cats, but have like one or two, like I do, that um, those clouds can arise from just a single litter box.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just disrupting the the litter at all.
1: Yeah. You, you disturb you, that stuff, and it's, yeah. it's like clapping an eraser.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back just when they didn't big, use... Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, it's like a building uh, being destroyed. The big... Poof,
1: Vegas casino implosion kind of thing. Precisely. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Like. That's what a litter box looks like. Yeah. Unless you're using new cloud control cat litter by Armin Hammer. More power to you. <music> the cat of the week is Sunny from Port Augusta, South Australia. Thank you. We're back. And Ada Pasternak, thank you so much. i uh Fantastic. singer-songwriter. She had a gig in Hollywood this week. I wish I could have gone. Um, and I am honored to be sitting across from a man, a mystery man, who is both a superb actor and a superb leader on environmental issues. I actually used his dish soap from his roles on St. Elsewhere. And this is Spinal Tap to A Mighty Wind. And from his own green reality show, Living with Ed, to creating a home with a minimal carbon footprint. He is the real deal as both an actor and an environmentalist.
3: Please welcome Ed Begley,
0: Jr.
3: Thank you so much. Oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I hope that you found your fair share of mattresses out on Miranda Street.
3: There were a few mattresses now that yeah. you <laughs> mention it. Did you reuse and recycle them on your way in? I did not, but okay. on my way out, I'm going to make good use of them. <laughs> it is hot in
1: here. Um, I'll probably be late, so I'll need a nap. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I got to
1: gotta warn you, if you kind of fall asleep on Miranda Street, you're likely to lose your hubcaps even if you weren't driving. <laughs> it's, 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 is uh, that a euphemism, hubcaps? It is, it is in this case, yes. We <laughs> Well, Ed, uh, we told you why you're here. It's no secret that Paula is a terrible auditioner. Terrible. I don't believe that for a minute. I no, bet she's correct. a great... Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I love your positivity. <laughs> uh, she gets called in for roles, and then she... What, you. How I blow I the, the audition. You blow That's the what audition. Happens. You I blow it. the audition every I'll time. i give her nervous. any part
3: that she came and read for. She's so good. Isn't she good? She's so well, good. She's so, so quick. quick. We'll see.
1: She's so funny. Well, I agree. I agree. But she can't audition. That. So what we've been doing is inviting distinguished actors to come and help prepare uh, her to audition. Now, I think the, the most recent one before you was uh, Lily Tomlin. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, Lily, we, we had Fred a Willard on actress. the show to help out. And wow.
0: Lily just, frankly, threw in the towel. Yeah, uh, really. I think Lily, Lily hired me. Yeah, Lily, <laughs> she, <laughs> Lily hired our bouncer. Uh, uh, yeah, she
1: seems to feel there's no hope for me as but, an actor. Uh, but, Ed, you sound more positive, so maybe this will work tonight. We're hoping you can help out Paula on Outside the Actors Studio.
0: I really need this job. Please, God, I need this job. I've got to have this job.
1: Welcome to Outside the Actor's <laughs> Studio.
0: <laughs> Tonight, That's Ed Higley, nice. Jr.
1: will coach Paula Poundstone on an audition for a role. Ed, Paula has brought in sides for a role she is up for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I have them.
1: These, yeah, these... they're great. Um, we'd like you to read the scene with her and then offer your uh,
3: coaching tips. I'd be happy to do it. I can't wait.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. And shes uh, I'll be honest with you. She's been writing these sides, and I've been really enjoying the little... Uh, developing story, but I'll read Paula's description. Paula is reading for the role of Marta. Marta is a strong woman. She suffers no fools. She doesn't feel she needs a man, but when love comes knocking, she can't help peeking through the blinds. She's smart, a little bit quirky, and really into pugs. She has worked on campaigns for 30 years and is beginning to suspect that sexism has played a role in not having climbed higher on the career ladder. She has hit a rough patch in her life and, deciding to be proactive, has sought help from her friend Ari's therapist. So that's Paula's role. Ed, your character is Bob, the therapist. Hmm. Why, Paula? you have described these parts succinctly. Let's get going. Bob, the therapist, is seated in an ergonomic chair with a hassock that brings his knees up above his hips. He wears a tan tunic and brown business slacks. On one wall, there is a framed black-and-white photo of a naked woman lying on her side, staring into the camera with one mascara-dripped tear coming down her cheek. On the opposite wall, there is a photo of a man in the same style. On the table beside Bob is a box of Kleenex and an intercom. Marta sits, ill at ease, on the edge of a sectional couch, and the scene begins.
3: I hope I didn't freak you out by calling your name over the intercom in the waiting room. It's very hard to get out of this chair. Nice to meet you, Marta. I've got degrees up the patootie, but you don't have to call me doctor, you can call me Bob. I probably told you we're a little loosey-goosey in here. Been, th- been at this trade for 50 years. I don't always go by the book, but I like to think I've helped many people. So what brings you to see me?
0: I don't know. I just feel like I need someone to talk to. I don't want to burden my friends. Or maybe when I talk to them, I just feel like I'm not being heard.
3: Well, I certainly don't think you're a turd. That's a good place to start, though. <laughs> you know, that's a sectional couch. You can move it anywhere you feel comfortable. We're a little loosey-goosey in here.
0: This is fine.
3: Are you sure? This is your time? You might want to move a piece of sectional couch. You move it. No one thinks you're a turd in here. (laughs) Really? It's fine. Okay, I'll tell you what. I like to get things started with a gut check. So we're going to do what I tell you right now, which is to just sit up straight, close your eyes, and breathe as deeply as you can.
0: Uh, I feel like an idiot closing my eyes. Don't
3: worry about your thighs. Here we go. I'll do it, too.
0: Bob? Bob?
3: Oh, my gosh, Did I just fall asleep? So sorry. My gut is telling me I went with the, my wife a little too late last night. I went out with my wife way too late. We've been married for 40 years. She can still ring my bell. She's a beautiful woman. That's her in the photograph up there on the wall.
0: <laughs> I think I'll face the window.
3: There you go. You're asserting yourself. It's a gut check. It's a beautiful tool. I've worked wonders for Ari. It's how he found out he uh, has a foot fetish.
0: Bob? A therapist is not supposed to talk about their personal life, nor their other clients. Well,
3: we're a little loosey-goosey here.
0: (laughs) Loosey-goosey? You're out of your mindy! How the fuck is this supposed to help me? I got passed over for a job with a governor that I worked my ass off to get elected just before my apartment was burglarized... My pug has licked off all the fur from her belly and I had to borrow $200 from my mother, who thinks I'm a loser to begin with, to pay for a therapy session with a nutter, who, unless I miss my guess, is lying naked with his dick hanging out in a photograph on the wall to my left, which is why I am not turning my head in that direction.
3: Wow. We don't usually get to primal screaming for at least a month, but you are really responding to the therapy. (laughs) So what time would you like to come next week? Ah! She slams the door. And we hear through the intercom in the waiting room. Wear thick socks around Ari. (laughs) Now, I do have a reaction about that scene. Okay. And my reaction is, you were much better. Why am I working and you're not? That's my question.
0: (laughs) Well, I... You're
3: much better than me. I sucked and you were wonderful.
0: Well, I'm familiar with the words in a way that, uh, you know, I'm familiar with the words, but... uh, I thought Do you, you were very
3: good, Paula. Yeah. I, should have like, I should have looked at it. I should have really prepared better. I'm sorry. Well, no,
0: but you know, when you audition, you're often reading with you know. There's very the, the casting person for it doesn't usually. Oh, so
1: you gave Ed the script at the last minute
3: so that he'd be giving a cold read. She gave it to me yesterday, and I. <laughs> if you want probably to call that the last yeah, I should have looked at it some more. Mm. I wasn't well, at my and best. What
0: advice have you? For me, uh, on, well, on audition, need to be
3: focusing on Ed
1: here and his relation to the part, Paula. <laughs> it's okay.
0: Um, you know what? We totally forgot to talk about. What's yeah. the matter with us? Is uh, Ed? Do you have you had any bad audition experiences?
3: I have actually. I've had a couple of them. Uh, one quite notable event was when I I did I auditioned for and got this was not the bad part. This was the good part. I got the. The part in the late '70s of the Country Time Lemonade guy. Remember Country Time Lemonade. You were the
1: Country Time Lemonade guy.
3: <clears throat> as a young guy, there was an older man. I remember him. I was in my mid twenties at this point, maybe even late twenties. Doesn't matter. Late twenties. Now that I think of it, and I played the Country Time Lemonade guy, the old geezer, as a young man. Oh, oh. I got was that there? Part. Right, there it were was a like gauzy reminiscence. reminiscence. Yes, it was a little flashback kind of thing with uh, the. His wife, when we met her, I can't remember, doesn't I matter. I
1: kind of remember this from my childhood. I kind of did that like foggy,
3: a... lots of Vaseline on the lens yes, kind of stuff yes. at the time, cross star filter kind of stuff. And I did that and it ran very good. I made some good money. So now the story begins. Okay. I get a call from my agents <laughs> a year after we do those first ones, of which I made some good money. They say, I feel weird making this call, but they're doing the Country Time Lemonade commercials again and they're looking for an Ed Begley Jr. type. Uh, I said, that's really weird, so why won't they see me if they're looking for Ned No, no, they want to see you, but they're going to see other people for it, too. Oh wow! <laughs> so I went in and wow. auditioned. So sat for-
0: in a so you sat in a, in a waiting room. I sat in a waiting
3: room with about four other guys, all with bow ties like on. That they kind they of dressed ties. like in character for the thing. I didn't yeah. come in character. Yeah, yeah. Oh you God. know they came like what the what I was in the commercial. Right. They did a better job of me than me. They had yeah. the little bow tie on the whole thing, and they're all were about they in sepia tone as well. They were yes, I think they might have had a sepia tone filter they <laughs> held in front of them, <laughs> and they they all were like. About five years younger than me. At this point, I'm in my late 20s. They were like mid-20s or maybe even early 20s. So I go in and audition for myself and don't get it. Now, to be clear, I hadn't put on any weight. I had had all my hair back then. It wasn't like I had changed in some ways. We're like, okay, I see why they didn't want him. I didn't look any different. Wow. And I went to audition for myself, an Ed Begley Jr. type, and didn't get it.
1: (laughs) That's a rough audition. (laughs) I'm sure Paula felt the same way when she went to the movies and saw, um, who was it in the Paula Poundstone story?
0: Uh, Barbra Streisand. Barbra Streisand. Yeah, that's very, very awkward. Yeah, that's,
3: that's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, tell me about your uncomfortable auditioning stories.
0: Every one of them has been uncomfortable. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's what happens awful. is she
3: doesn't audition
1: so much as get nervous and tell people stories.
0: Yeah, I talk a lot. I'm like, I'm, but like I am that. to Her acting what great. Reagan was to the presidency. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I just keep
0: talking, and then eventually I say the wrong thing. So and, uh, traditionally what we would do right now is you would impart
1: some of your audition wisdom to Paula and then applying that knowledge, we'd do the scene again.
3: Okay, but will I get any better in the second time? I'm That's, sure I, you will. I'm hoping I will. Yeah, yeah, hoping I will. Uh, my, my advice to you is really advice to myself, uh, prepare, work on the scene <laughs> beforehand. That's my advice. So let's try it again and let's see if I can do it any better. All okay, right, but again, right. it's not really about you, Ed, so much as improving
1: Paula's performance. Yeah. It and seems if, like you're almost completely uninterested in improving Paula here. Not really. Yeah. I just want to,
3: I'm not getting quite enough work. I want to get a little more work now. I don't want to save any for Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Fuck Paula Poundstone. If I can get one day on a reality show that she might have gotten, I want that too. All right. Then I, I'm gonna, I'm just, I you hope guys I have... haven't
0: got you here under false pretenses. There's not really a job a, no, 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 no. no. Is, Let's do this This is scene not follow. a television show that's being made. I don't want you to. I feel- think you're
3: lying now. I think, there's actually a, <laughs> and I really I think this actually. I think this job is in turnaround and now it's set up at Sony. I think I, it's a I big part to, for me. I
0: don't want you to, to come here thinking that you could get the job of Bob. He could totally and, get this job, and, I think. And, and, and pay for a, yeah. an electric motorcycle. Okay, yeah. You're I hear. I hear yeah, full
3: right. disclosure. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's going to happen, guys. As your
0: director, I'm
1: going to ask you to breathe and listen. to you. A director. Mrs. Culpepper, you're not involved in this audition.
0: I don't recall Get- <laughs> asking you to direct Adam Thelma. It's
1: not up to you. Anyway, um, so um I'm going to... Have gonna... some cheese. No, thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. She pushed a plate of cheese right next to me. I don't trust that cheese at all. That's what got the captain. the
0: Gouda, they got him.
1: Okay, so I'm going to read this description again. I want you guys to just take it in. Yeah. And then we'll start the scene. Okay. I'm going to take it in. Okay, Bob, the therapist, is seated in an ergonomic chair with a hassock that brings his knees up above his hips. He wears a tan tunic and brown business slacks. On one wall, there is a framed black and white photo of a naked woman lying on her side, staring into the camera, with one mascara-dripped tear coming down her cheek. On the opposite wall, there is a photo of a man in the same style. On the table beside Bob is a box of Kleenex and an intercom. Marta sits ill at ease on the edge of a sectional couch. And the scene begins.
3: I hope I didn't freak you out by calling your name over the intercom in the waiting room. Very hard to get out of this chair. Nice to meet you, Marta. I've got degrees up the patootie, but don't call me doctor. You can call me Bob. I probably told you we're a little loosey goosey in here. I've been at this trade for 50 years. I don't always go by the book, but I like to think I've helped some people. What brings you to see me?
0: I don't know. I just feel like I need someone to talk to.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to burden my friends, mm-hmm. or maybe when I talk to them, I just don't feel like I'm being heard. I'm going to ask mm-hmm.
1: you to bring that down a little bit to make some more room for Ed's character, if that's okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was
1: okay, thinking the same the, exact yeah. thing. Thank <laughs> you. I didn't want to say it. If I don't know Ed's if it's my position. If Ed's character is going to kind of spread out and relax into it, I feel like you need you. to take it down, maybe, maybe Thank point you. five. You're welcome, Ed. So, uh, Paula, you want to do that line again? Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know. I I, I just feel like I need someone to talk to. I. I don't want to burden my friends. Or maybe when I talk to them, Mm -hmm. I I just feel like I'm not being heard.
3: Well, I certainly don't think you're a turd. And that's a a good place to start, though. You know, that's a sectional couch. You can move it anywhere you feel comfortable. We're a little loosey-goosey in here.
0: This is fine.
3: Are you sure? In here, this is your time. You want to move a piece of sectional couch, you move it. No one thinks you're a turd in here.
0: Really? It's fine. Okay, I'll tell you
3: what. I want to start with a little gut check. So what we're gonna do is just sit up straight, close your eyes, and breathe as deeply as you can.
0: I feel like an idiot closing my eyes.
3: Don't worry about your thighs. Here we go. I'm gonna do it with you.
1: That's really good. That's hard.
0: Bob?
3: Bob? Uh, Bob. Oh, well, well, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I fall asleep? Yes, my gut is telling me I went out with my wife a little too late last night. (laughs) We've been married 40 years. She can still ring my bell. Beautiful woman. That's her in the photograph up there on the wall.
0: I think I'll face the window.
3: There you go. You're asserting yourself. It's a gut check, okay? It's a beautiful thing. It worked wonderful for Ari. It's how he found out he has a foot fetish.
0: Bob, a therapist is not supposed to talk about their personal life, nor their other clients. Well,
3: we're a little loosey-goosey here. (laughs)
0: Loosey-goosey? You're out of your mindy. How the fuck is this supposed to help me? I got passed over for a job with a governor that I worked my ass off to get elected just before my apartment was burglarized. My pug has licked all the fur off her belly and I had to borrow $200 from my mother, who thinks I'm a loser to begin with, to pay for a therapy session with a nutter who, unless I miss my guess, is lying naked with his dick hanging out and a photograph on the wall to my left, which is why I'm not turning my head in that direction.
3: Wow. We don't usually get to primal screaming for at least a month, but you are really, really responding to the therapy. So what time would you like to come next week? Ah! She slams the door, and we hear through the intercom in the waiting room, Wear thick socks around Ari. Yes, scene. Really nice Much better really I much was much, better. much better You <laughs> were much better, Ed eh? I wasn't really focused on you much But, uh <laughs> Well, you know I can't really give any notes Because I really wasn't paying much you, attention You were to more anything. focused Well, I can tell you that Paula did, did great there I felt like I had to
1: pull her back a little bit To make space for your character Which I think, once again Is kind of the focus of the scene here Don't you think, Paula? What is the focus of the scene? Uh, Bob, the therapist
0: Oh, Bob is the entire scene Okay uh, Marta really is just incidental and I do want to point out that Marta is
1: kind of incidental until her great monologue towards the end there, but it does seem like another problem that's getting in the way of your audition process is that when even when you write your self-audition scenes, you seem to be writing more interesting scenes for your scene partner.
0: Yeah, you know, I knew that Ed would be great at Bob, and I wanted Ed to have plenty of room to <laughs> stretch out, and move that section. Does this go to network
3: soon, or when do you when do you have the callback for this? <laughs> really, a podcast thing, I think, Ed.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, you know, Ed. Uh, 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 podcasts don't make a lot
1: of money. <laughs> Now, Ed, do you have any um, any auditioning advice that you want to impart to Paula? It can be mostly about you, but like we do like to leave here with a little advice for Paula.
3: Quite seriously, I yes. will give you some advice. And this Dude, came from you. a guy whose name was Roy London. I worked with Roy London in 1993. He was a great acting teacher, and it was the first time I worked with him. He worked with a lot of friends of mine who were doing very well, and I thought I'd give it a try. And I was working on this scene for a show I was doing, and uh, it was going fine. And then he said said, you know what I think is really the most interesting thing to watch in a scene, in a movie, a TV show, or anything on stage in a play is how a character deals with pain. And I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound very interesting. Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, that sounds really dull. I like to see people writhe in pain. What a stupid fucking thing he just said. And I went home that day and kind of was thinking more about it to dismiss it further And I realized... That's not what he said at all. He didn't say a person writhing in pain. He said how a person deals with pain. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. Laurel and Hardy are carrying a piano down the stairs. Not only do they fall, but the piano falls on them. Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, you get There's to the no point. There's no piano. Here. There's no piano in that.
1: You're right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That happens. That happens off camera. The the drop a piano on one of her kids.
0: I don't. I, it will be I a slapstick <laughs> end,
3: but it will be complete.
0: But- I don't think you really understood Sophie's choice Ed.
3: <laughs> But comedy or there drama, was, there was no- how her character deals with pain, yeah. I'm saying it's universal. Oh. Comedy or drama, how a character deals with pain, how they dealt with it in a comic sense, with a piano, and the fact that they weren't really hurt somehow with a piano fucking falling on them. Yeah and she's very much hurt by what her choice is. You learn at the end of the movie what Sophie's choice is, what that means, and it's a terrible thing, and you understand why that character's been in such pain all along. And so that was kind of a universal rule for me going forward, how a person deals with pain. Pain can mean conflict, it can mean anxiety, it can mean physical pain, and to not see, as I at first thought, a person suffering in pain, but how they're trying to keep the lid on the pot, Uh Uh trying to keep the lid... How to not react with the thing, how to not cry as Denzel Washington in Glory, where you see that tear go down his face. Yeah. Right. It's a beautiful moment. Well, did you
1: notice that Paula Poundstone was in terrible pain in her right nipple throughout that scene?
3: No, she did. And the truth is, I bring it up because she did it better than me. You could see her conflict Uh and her difficulty and her pain and her frustration. That was all what she was carrying, and that's yeah. that's what's interesting to watch. How a character deals with pain is what you need to find in any scene and deal with it for a comedy, a drama, it doesn't matter. Play, movie, TV show, how a character deals with pain. I
0: Thank thought you. for sure you were going to say that Roy London said to you, I think the interesting thing to watch is how a character deals with pain, and then he punched you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You should have punched me because I wasn't listening when he first said it. Oh, you were just trying to. He dismiss should have slapped it. me to wake me up. Yeah, but I got yeah. it on the ride home, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. I got it, and I've used it to great advantage ever since. And again, it doesn't. In fact, it's worse if it's you know really somebody flagrantly flailing in pain. That's right. not always the best thing to watch. Uh-huh. A person tries to keep from crying, from keep yelling, on. from uh-huh. reacting to keep the Are lid on. Are you
0: suggesting, it. Uh, Mr. Begley? Uh, that I was over the top. Not at the, all. You were uh, not. The, uh, it was totally yes, organic.
3: Sir. You kept the uh, lid on it uh, very good. There was okay. a point which you were fulminating a bit because you had to at that point. There was no way to keep that steam under pressure and control. It was wonderful. What you did at every turn was wonderful. I was uh-huh. maybe 40% as good as you. You were well, wonderful. Well, given time, <laughs> you could
1: bring that up, obviously. She and that's wrote Back this. to
3: my original note, which was quite sincere, Preparation. Prepare. She yeah. prepared, I did not look at the difference That's Wow, what,
1: well, interesting so I, I you think you've been too hard on yourself, Ed, I thought you, you were fantastic you were But fantastic. you know what, well, I'm going to button up this segment And right. uh, I don't usually ask this, but Ada Pasternak will, will you sing us out the way you sang us in With the Hope I Get It thing? Okay, so, thank you, Ed Begley Jr. For sharing your expertise on this episode of Outside the Actors Studio
3: I need this job Please God, I need this job I've got to
0: have this job
1: Nice. nice. Lovely. That was very, very nice. Wow. She's good. All right. Coming up next, the dysfunctional family
0: in Ken Lazepnik's America continues their road trip. Adam, I have to stop you. The characters in Ken Lazepnik's America are on hiatus this week. Their harrowing adventures have taken a toll and they're recovering.
1: So they're not here? No. So then, how will we gracefully mention your upcoming New Year's Eve appearance at the Norse Theater in San Francisco? Guess we'll just have to let our audience down. And they won't know they can find your unique comedy style in on September 28th in Los Angeles at the theater at the Ace Hotel.
0: It's tragic, really. They'll never know that on October 4th, I'll be in Troy, New York at the Troy Savings Bank Music Hall.
1: Really? A savings bank that's also a music hall? There's an interesting story there, I'm sure, but our audience has now cheated out of that information. Damn you, characters in Ken Lizebnik's America. Can't you get off your meta asses and plug the upcoming appearances of Paula Poundstone?
0: Don't be too hard on them. Timmy just got out of the well, and Nellie was subjected to a lot of things that I don't even want to refer to again.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. Our apologies to our faithful listeners. Maybe someday you'll get a chance to hear about the upcoming appearances of the iconic American humorist Paula Poundstone. I believe they are on her website, paulapoundstone.com, but I don't really know. But I do know that we have another taste of Paula's rap song about Butterfingers. That's coming up right after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 16 weeks until the earth begins to become uninhabitable.
0: Of all the things that need to change, there are many. In the Butterfinger recipe, there weren't any. Can't provide equal opportunity? That's lunacy. Anyone can see. Can't they address that deep regret instead of just fucking with my chocolate? Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my Butterfingers. But not my Butterfingers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's an excerpt from uh, cut from the rap song that you created
1: with producer Jay Deal, producer songwriter extraordinaire, uh, ping pong enthusiast now too. Thanks yeah, to you. Yeah,
0: Jay, Jay came to the ping pong party. He loved it. Mm. Uh, I love
1: that you had uh, an iconic hip hop producer there at, at, at your at your show. Yeah,
0: but he was very low key.
1: He is, he, is, he can be very low yeah, key. Yeah,
0: he just hung back there. Now I have an
1: announcement to make about your and Jay's single, which yes. is that um, it's available on iTunes. At least, at least according to Captain Crinkle. Captain Crinkle. Unless Captain Crinkle lets us down, and when has that ever happened? <laughs>
0: Captain Crinkle never lets us down, now, Adam Silver.
1: Mrs. Culpepper, Kel- uh, you, may, you might not Cole have.
0: Pepper, Cold, not Kel- Pepper. Cold Pepper. It
1: must be my accent. Uh, <laughs> Cold Pepper, Miss Culpepper, of course I know your name. You might not have been here for a lot of episodes, Mrs.
0: Culpepper. Mrs.
1: Culpepper, um, uh, Captain Crinkle has let us down on many an occasion. Has she? Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, with, with, uh, her, her Butterfinger candy that she made yes. was not delicious. Well, yes,
1: I'd say first she let us down by not making it instead embezzling and eating all the ingredients.
0: She ate the chips. She ate all the chocolate chips. She ate all chips. the chocolate chips. And then I, I
1: would say she let us down even more by coming through and making it for us because that was a fucking disaster. It was
0: inedible.
1: <laughs> yes, Mrs. Cultiver, It was inedible.
0: For um, a few moments I was jealous of Captain Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> at least
1: at least he had some passably good yeah. Gouda before he went. Yeah. The
0: the cheese killed him. I had to live with the homemade (laughs) Butterfinger.
1: I think we're all living with it now, Mrs. Culpepper. Um, All right. But assuming that Bonnie didn't let us down, people could go to uh, iTunes right now and get that Butterfingers rap of yours.
0: Yeah, it's called Not My Butterfinger.
1: Not My Butterfinger by Paula Poundstone. Or do you have some sort of hip hop name now?
0: Um, no, 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 it's just Paul Poundstone. No, not, not
1: P. Poundstone, Paula P.? I
0: didn't want to confuse M C MCPP? My, I didn't want to confuse our <laughs> our dozen listeners. Okay. <laughs>
1: we have thousands now. Now, you know, we started this show with a discussion of etiquette early on, and I wanted to share an email from a listener about that. Ellen Brackman Altimore wrote, I won't do an impression, I'll just quote, quote, I just finished yesterday's podcast. First, let me say I have a newfound love of the tuba. I'm thinking of incorporating it into my daily meditation. Secondly, I truly believe my nine long months at Stevens College for Women left me in good shape. I found myself answering Paula's manners questions right along, word for word, with your expert. It was like a frigging duet. I'm so proud.
0: <laughs> First I-
1: of all, Ellen, ladies don't say frigging.
0: Yeah, <laughs> ladies. Uh, I couldn't help but notice she graduated from Stevens College just like our producer, Tony Anita Hall. And she tells me it used to be a finishing school, because one of the things I noticed was she mentioned nine long months, yeah. um, which usually I believe a college education is longer.
1: Four years of plus, yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she
0: zipped through. I believe, uh, and, T- and Tony
1: can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Stevens College motto used to be, if you've gone to Stevens, you're
0: finished. <laughs> was that the... Uh, is that the test? Financially, yes. Uh, <laughs> so are, you still your, are you still paying off your college loans? Uh yeah, uh, only about a hundred and twenty thousand to go. Yeah,
1: and you know what? Wow. You know how, you know what cost well, Tony that's... all that was Ken lazevnik who founded the Stevens College MFA and TV and screenwriting programs, and he apparently didn't see the Stevens memo about etiquette because he's the one, and this is interesting, who week after week writes that incredibly juvenile fart and vomit jokes that I have to um, <laughs> perform in his self named segment that you have to perform, uh, Adam Filmer, you love doing the.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've decided, like any actor, to throw myself into the part.
0: But uh, Ken, so uh, yes, so Ken uh, does a program teaches for the school Stevens College. Uh, which used to be a finishing school, yeah. and now has made a name for himself in the world of podcasting with Ken Lizebnik's America, which is uh, steeped in farts. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. So, so don't, don't hold the Stevens College MFA in TV and Screenwriting against that program because you're saying it's I,
0: not a reflection. It's not a reflection. This is I would not say a reflection.
1: inevitably it is Ken. <laughs> well, uh, <all laughs>
0: because I,
1: you both run the MFA program at Stevens College and. I didn't write those fart <laughs> vomit jokes.
2: But you played them to, to the sort of the excess that, that you, know, <laughs> the, you know, what, what, is the, what was the uh, quote from Blake? The road to uh, the road to Nirvana is paved with excess. No, oh, I got that totally wrong. Uh, do mind. you mean
0: uh, Robert Blake? Because uh, the quote from him is there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I totally screwed that up. But uh, Okay, it's all right. It's not like you're an
1: academic who's supposed to be able to quote people. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> just just know, believe me, please, that at the Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting, we really do not have a special seminar in fart jokes and projectile vomiting. Uh, it's uh, really not that, part of the curriculum. The people really? that
0: I've met, for example, Tony Anita Hull, who is a crack producer on our show. The people that I've met who've been Ken's students are fantastic and would shudder if they read Ken Lizette, America. (laughs) Or heard it. Do
1: your students listen to the uh,
2: Well, I know Tony Anita Hull does. Right, but she's (laughs) no longer your student. She's She's an alum. She's an alum. Um, (laughs)
0: That's right. You know, so it really used to be a finishing school? Wow. Do you know, um, in Massachusetts there was a store called Jordan Marsh. Jordan Marsh! Jordan Marsh had a... um, it called? It's not finishing to be confused school. with
1: Jordan's fine furniture.
0: No, that's Barry a, and
1: Elliot. That's another, yeah, it's um, another uh, Jordan store. There was another in word for it. I
0: don't think it was finishing school. There was another word. It was something like that. Maybe it was. Finishing. Jordan Marsh had, Jordan had a finishing Marsh's, school. Jordan Marsh, yes, it did. And really? my mother told me one time, I must have been at about high school, and she told me, and this is a woman that, you know, like every life, had some things in it, right? But she told was so me so
1: specific. It's it's uh, it's well, like you you painted know, a picture. Just some
0: some things. Yeah, okay. Some she, challenges. Some bad decisions. Some challenges. Okay. Um, but she said to me one time that the biggest charm school. That's what it was called. Okay. She she told me one time the biggest mistake she ever made was not sending me to the Jordan Marsh charm school.
1: I love that, was, that they named it that because that's Boston again, so it's the Jordan Marsh charm School. <laughs> Jordan
0: Marsh Charms School. That was the <laughs> biggest mistake she'd ever made. Wow. Do you I think mean,
1: in a life of mistakes that that was her biggest?
0: I don't think it was, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> not, I, I would love to be able to say that myself, that the biggest mistake I ever made was not sending one of my children to charm School. <laughs> <laughs> it, either that would be a great life to have or what a wonderful belief to have. About your life now, does does Stephen still carry on this
1: tradition of of etiquette and fine manners? Can you your accepted, of course. <laughs> yes, I Empire was there starts,
2: once, and it was quite genteel. Yes, it is quite genteel, and uh, the Stevens College undergraduate program is now a full four year, you know, wonderful college located in Columbia, Missouri. And there's nothing the, to do with
1: tea service or uh... no,
2: not, not not nothing like that anymore. Okay. It's it's a wonderful. It's still a women a women's school. It's okay. the second oldest women's college in America. These, wow!
1: So it's just lots of
2: old women. <laughs> well, it's uh, no, they're they're actually very young, and then and then well, our our MFA you said it was program was the oldest
1: women's college.
2: This, yes, all right, very fair, fair, fair enough. Uh, th- then our our MFA program is located as a low residency program here in Los Angeles, based out of the Jim Henson I mean Studio. Low residency, well, student like, as Tony experienced. Students come from all over America they live in the streets. Yeah, that's no, what. It's,
0: no, no, no. no. They, <laughs> what is they low t- residency? What it means. I never heard of that. Yeah, I, I had a not. To step he- away from homelessness. What is <laughs> low
2: residency? They come to an intensive ten-day workshop in August from all over America. We house them very nicely at the Gar- mm-hmm. Beverly Garland Hotel. All in the same yeah. room. <laughs> Everyone has their <laughs> own rooms, and then they get to go home to their place of residence around America and work online with mentors. Each of our ah, students has a... It's like it. an online,
1: but college hybrid thing. Yes, club. yes. Okay.
2: And all the mentors are members of the Writers Guild, uh, all working writers. Um, uh, the, I guess I claim this as a current credit, <laughs> apparently to my detriment. Um, <laughs> you claim this
1: podcast as a current
2: credit? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I... I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, why wouldn't I? Uh, one word? <laughs> 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 By the way, I could explain. I I could because my father taught at Stevens, and he taught back in the fifties. I can explain the origins of that term "finishing school," and it explains the nine month reference here. Mm-hmm. That in they pre- sent girls there
0: when they got knocked up. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: <laughs> oftentimes, what would happen is a a young woman would not want to complete her high school year. Um, and would instead go to Stevens College for her final year of oh, high school, and I she didn't would better finish. Oh, she yeah. would finish high oh, school. I
0: thought it was like like polishing. Well, like, it, I thought it was more like charm you know, school. Yeah, like yeah, uh, you it, know, like there was that sanding the that. rough edges.
2: Yeah, there was definitely that in the fifties and forties where it was it, there was an emphasis on etiquette and, yeah. and Well, uh,
1: Ellen Brockman Altamore certainly oh, thinks so. Jo-
2: yeah. you know, Joan Crawford went there at the point no. where yes. She didn't last, but she went there at the point oh, where I was think still she's a- finished.
0: <laughs> she didn't graduate, I'll put it that oh, way. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I always felt a little bad for Joan Crawford in a way, and here's why. Okay. Because my guess is my guess is that she said no wire hangers really nicely several times first. <laughs> 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 I'm not suggesting that it's okay to, you, you know, to, uh, to. Uh, to uh, I, I, I'm not a believer in corporal punishment, but I do think that when the story got told, it sounds like just one night she blew up over wire hangers. And I, my guess is, just every night she go, "Honey, remember no wire hangers. <laughs> <laughs> honey, remember these are very expensive clothes. Mommy doesn't want you to put these on wire hangers, you honey. Know, you know, and in remember f- what mommy said about <laughs> the wire hangers." <laughs>
1: In, in in fairness to to, to uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think <laughs> those pizzas were always late.
0: There's a phrase that is so
1: infrequently used. Well, so is in fairness to Joan Crawford. Is kind of my point no, here. I just think wasn't Jeffrey this... Dahmer the cannibal?
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, he was.
1: Ordered those pizzas, they didn't come.
0: What I don't what he ordered pizzas? What? Yeah, and
1: then because they didn't come, he had to eat people.
0: Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Because he was <laughs> he was peckish. Oh.
1: Yes, yeah. I was Beckish. kind of doing the Joan Crawford thing. It's not the same. Back at you in an in <laughs> ironic fashion. It is
0: not remotely the same, <laughs>
1: <Adam> <laughs> Mrs. Culpepper, why do you always take Paula's side?
0: It is <laughs> not remotely the same. Oh, do not make Miss Poundstone reiterate when she iterated just fine the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Adam film. <Philba. laughs> <laughs> I got you, Miss Culpepper. Uh, gentle
1: listeners, please write us with your thoughts about etiquette, or if you have a theme song entry or a short description of our show, please email us at nobody to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. You could win a bar of hotel soap.
0: I would say a bar of fresh hotel soap. You could win a bar of fresh
1: hotel soap, and I think that the real feature is that it is autographed by Paula Poundstone on the wrapper, not on the soap. Speaking of hotel soap and of Ken Lezevnik, and we have Ken right here. Uh, Ken, I just want to say you've done an amazing job with uh Ken Lizabethnik's America, which started as a travel log and turned really, really weird, really, really fast. Well, I was—I have to
2: say, it all kudos go to the incredible acting company that uh, constituted Ken Lizabethnik's America. Your role as Timmy was memorable to me. Okay, Paul, I think your the Boston mother was just priceless. Absolutely, and Tony Anita Hull, who the was, unsung
1: hero of Ken Lizabethnik's
2: America, oh, I think her uh, work you know, as the heartbreaking, bre- heartbreaking yeah. yeah. all yeah. the time, and cameos by my son Ben right. as the uh, the hobo. I uh, thought it was very memorable. And Robin,
0: and as Robin, the
1: Batman and Robin thing.
2: So, I so-
0: understand that um, this cast are going to be the actors that are uh, in the new Breaking Bad movie. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah.
1: great. I, I, I could yeah. see how that would work really well. Yeah. Well, I'll- Ken, I'm, I know you've got something great cooked up for us for next week. I can't wait to see how this ends.
2: Right. I'm. I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, to hearing everyone's dulcet tones one more time. And by
1: dulcet tones, you mean smart noises, don't you, <laughs> well, Ken? When I it comes guess to me. So. I guess so. <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Ronald Reagan said, Mommy, you know, I'd like for us to redecorate Ron Jr.'s room just so I can say to you, Mrs. Reagan, tear down this wallpaper. Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to
1: talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the flop house, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it.
2: Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy, Stuart Wellington, and me, America's Rascal Elliot Kalen. New episodes every other Saturday at maximumfun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles
0: so far the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition
2: isn't there anyone who can
1: save us from this travesty
2: wait could it be
3: it's titan fights the perfect wrestling podcast
2: Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations.
1: Woke trips through the history of wrestling.
2: And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex.
3: What a match. And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Ties and
1: Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back, all you nobodies. And Paula, um, oh boy. Any uh, message this week for uh, the fans listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Boundstone? You know, I. I have a message, Oh, you don't? Adam. Well, that's okay. We can no, I have client. a message. Oh, you I do? I have a message. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, Adam, it's a succinct one, right?
0: Uh, it's very, very succinct. Uh-huh. Adam, we are so lucky. Not only do we get the option of sleeping on any mattress on Miranda Street that we want, complete...
1: Except for the one that Ed Begley is currently on.
0: Other than that one, complete with a nightcap of a few remaining drops of liquor from a tiny discarded bottle, yeah. but we also have such loyal fans. We do. Listeners often come up to me to share the impact that our goofy little podcast has had on their lives. And thank you, nobodies. You're somebody's to us. The fact is, though, that we can't keep making the show if we don't grow our listenership. We really need our audience's help with this. And
1: if your announcement every week ended right there, I would be so in agreement with you.
0: But it doesn't, Adam. The problem is that for many of our listeners sharing with their friends and loved ones that they listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone... Can be an
1: awkward conversation. Yes, because nobody talks about podcasts nowadays.
0: Well, it's something that's uh, spoken in whispers. So I have written some simple, sample dialogue to ease that burden. Try this. Listener's friend, I have just invented a way to download all of the world's knowledge into anyone's brain. Listener, oh? Listener's friend, it may be the most fantastic discovery of all time. And let's pause this for a minute, because like... This yeah. is
1: simple sample dialogue yeah, again. Yeah, simple sample dialogue. This is something that could be conversation that Absolutely. two people would be having. two
0: people. So when you talk to someone who's had this experience where they've invented, uh, let me uh, continue, Adam. Uh, I think okay. you'll hear. It just feels a little unlikely. So. It's not unlikely, it Adam. It feels uh, It's fast. not unlikely at all. Oh, okay. Um, it may be the most fantastic discovery of all time. Listener, I like the wheel and fire's nice if used carefully. Listener's friend, you just push this computer flash drive into your temple. Ah, It hurts a little, but within seconds. There, I know everything. The moon is 238,900 miles from the Earth. Oh, sweet Jesus. After a male bee meets with a queen, the end of his penis falls off, his testicles explode, and he dies. Oh, yeah. You can buy property and monopoly your first time around the board. You don't have to wait until you go around once. Mitochondrial DNA is only passed through the maternal line. Listener, that's great. I knew all that already. Listener's friend, did you spend hours studying in isolation? Listener, not that that would be the worst thing, but no. I learned all of that and more from Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast with the gentle reminder about the limited time we have to respond to climate change that upsets listener Randall Woods's children. Oh, we're going to bring Randall Woods into this. More than climate change itself. I, I learned it in an atmosphere of love, joy, laughter, and occasional frustration occasional. when Anthony brings in inappropriately large, dangerous animals to the studio. Sometimes there are even funny little stories that relate to the facts, which often include a banana as a pivotal structural turning point. This is a hate crime. Listener's friend. (laughs) Well, then, this device that I've devoted my life to inventing (laughs) is worthless. I didn't know you listened to Nobody (laughs) Listens to Paula Poundstone. I'm going to start listening myself. Do you see how uh, yes. the, one, the listener yeah. was able to talk yeah. to their friend so and then make them uh, listen as well? And in this way, we grow our listenership. I'll, I'll say a couple of
1: things. Number one, there seemed to be a couple of shots at me in there. there were, gentle, gentle no, shots. No, this is
0: a conversation that, uh, that happened between two people. So, I don't okay. know these people. So what your
1: message is. <laughs> what your message I've is. I've
0: never met these people. This is a random listener and their friend.
1: But you wrote this.
0: Based on what someone would say to a friend, I, yeah. I really put myself in that person's the position. other thing
1: I want to point out is that what we're saying to our listeners out there yes. is that wait around, don't talk about our podcast, but when your friend comes to you, having invented a device that allows you to download the entire um, knowledge of humanity to your brain... Then you can tell your friend about our podcast.
0: It's one listener at a time, right. Adam. You okay. don't just... It's one listener at a time. I mean, I've written many simple sample dialogues. You really have. Yeah. And and each of those, when they come to fruition, will grow our listenership. Well, we You'll have had a it. listener
1: that wrote in and said that the having fallen down a well dialogue that you wrote where where a listener's friend has fallen down a well and the listener drops their phone down into the well so they can listen to our podcast yes while they're down there right we do have a listener that said that that happened to him yeah but i'm pretty sure he's lying
0: yeah, you I saw that. I saw that note and I thought it was sincere and that that had actually happened and we actually helped someone and gained a listener and you thought that that person was just making fun of me. And I just want to and I just want I just want to say to that one listener, we don't need all of you. <laughs>
1: All right, nobodies. Remember that our email address again is nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com.
0: And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can't get rid of us. You can find my fine tri-poly blend t-shirts, remarkably soft with uh, a... a memorable quote. No, No, a self-portrait on the the left left breast breast and and a memorable memorable quote quote on on the the back back. at paulapoundstone.com.
1: That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber, produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazebnik. have a good time back in New York, and Tony Anita Hall. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, singer, songwriter, artist, and violinist Ada Pasternak. Fantastic. Thanks to the one and only Ed Begley Jr., this week, we had no security muscle, and Ed mounted his bicycle to pedal down Miranda Street without protection. So I would like Ed to, again. Yeah, I'd like to dedicate this show to the memory of Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> um, uh, can we run the reel of Ed's most memorable parts? Okay, transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Change our type of fuel. Make a powerful public school. And if we don't let love rule, we're done. We're done. Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butterfingers. of fingers. But not my butterfingers. of fingers. No but not my butterfingers. of fingers. But we're not my butt of fingers. But fingers. Oh, please. It's 3, 000- but not my butterfingers Come on, the Skip the meat and eat some greens Put down your screens I'd like to bring back the telephone booth We deserve the truth We deserve the truth We deserve the truth We deserve the truth Stop worrying about how much peanut butter At the top, we've got a gold-plated nutter we deserve, we deserve the truth We deserve the truth We deserve the truth We deserve the truth Some things need to change Some things need to change But not my butterfingers but not my butt of fingers. Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butt of fingers. But not my butt of fingers.
1: Keep it sweet, man. You know, we're trying to get better, not better. I'll take my. Let's go. I
0: feel all the hold going through in my body. Well, I'm sorry about that, ma'am. Can I help you with anything else? Can I get my money back? Ma'am, you already bid it. Why didn't she put it back on the shelf? Next in line, by of fingers.
1: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture.
2: Artist owned. Audience supported.